whoever seeks to be first among you ought to be servant of all. I think most of you know that I, I just got back last week from a pilgrimage to Lourdes with the Order of Malta and with my, my, sick, uh, my sick brother. And um, it was a very powerful trip. For those of you who don't know the Shrine of Lourdes, it's attributed to many miracles and has got thousands of healings uh, over the years since it first uh, opened well over 150 years ago. Um, but what's amazing about Lourdes as a, sh- as a shrine or a place is that um, sort of everything, uh, the roles are turned upside down in a sense, and it's a very powerful experience. And what I mean by that is that uh, when you go into the shrine, the shrine is, is a locked-in gated area, but it's a huge shrine, like uh, tens of acres of land, but, and there's uh, like, I don't want to say six churches in the property, so there's lots of different churches on site. But once you go inside the, uh, the shrine itself, uh, all those who are sick and elderly and infirmed are, are treated like royalty. They go first. They're rolled in first. The wheelchairs, when there's a mass, the whole front section is for all the infirmed and for the elderly into the week. And nobody argues with it. And the wealthy and the rich sick at the back. It's the exact opposite of our society, of, of most societies. And it's something really powerful. Because nobody argues with it. It's accepted and encouraged. In fact, all the people who typically go there who are wealthy or rich uh, are there to serve the very ones, what they call the malas, the, the sick ones. Uh, it's very, very powerful. Um, and, and that, of course, is what the Order of Malta does each year when they go to do this. They come from all over and they bring the sick to there. But one of the groups that, that and it's very powerful, you know, this whole shrine is like, it's a massive shrine. It's run largely on volunteers. And these volunteers give off their time. They don't just come from Lourdes and France. They come from all over, all over Europe. Um, and they volunteer their time week after week. There's a group that touched my heart that's called uh, the Hospitalier de Notre-Dame de Lourdes, which is the, basically the helpers of Our Lady of Lourdes. And, and they go through a three-week training to, uh, to volunteer. And once they volunteer, they commit to volunteering for one, a minimum of one week every year. Otherwise, they have to start the training all over again, three-week training. And it's amazing to see these men and women from all over the world. Um, and the only thing that they have on, they wear the yellow vest, you know, the yellow shiny vest. That's the only thing that they wear. And they have this tiny little, uh, little lapel button that has, and it has the image of the, of the, of the shrine and then the, little, the words, uh, are, are, Hospitalier de, de Notre Dame de Lourdes. Incredibly humble people and incredibly kind and generous people. Um, I had a particular, I mean, I didn't realize quite how powerful they were until I myself fell sick on this Lord's trip. I got a GI virus and I was out for the count for several days in the hotel bedroom, really bathroom. Um, but uh, it was a rough couple of days. And so I was gaining the strength to try to go home. I didn't want to miss the flight because it would have, this was a direct flight. But I had really no strength. Uh, but I was there to help my brother who was in his wheelchair, and 
it was just exhausting. I was holding on to the wheelchair as much for myself to stand up as it was to push him. Um, and one of these hospitaliers the Notre Dame, the Lord, saw me at the airport and came up to me and, and, and said, uh, it looks like you need help. Maybe you need a wheelchair. I said, no, I'm okay. I, I'm actually holding on to the chair to stay up. And he says, well, why don't I push the chair and you hold on to me? And so I held on to the, the chair as he continued to push. And, and he stayed with us until we got all the way, not just into the customs, but beyond customs and actually into all the way into the plane itself. Um, and in conversation with this man who had come from Holland, uh, he, I, I asked him, you know, how come you're, you come from Holland? That's a long way to come. And he said, oh, I come every year. He said, when did you first come? This came about 18 years ago, he said. I said, uh, why is that? He said, well, my, one of my close friends who was suffering from MS asked me to take him to Lourdes. And so... I took him to Lourdes, and then somebody asked me to do this training, so I did the training. And so I've been coming back ever since. I said, why? He said, I don't know why, actually. He says, there's something about this place that, that nurtures my soul. There's something about this place that, that really draws the best out of me. And so I come back three or four weeks a year. Now, understand that they pay for themselves, and they pay for their own room and board, and they work 12 hours a day. Anyway, I was so touched by his, his gentleness and kindness that I really understood what it means to be humble and to be simple and to be loving. Uh, and that is what we are called to, all of us as Christians. And that's what Jesus is talking about in today's gospel. Uh, this gospel, like his disciples are, you know, they're all pumped up. They've got, you know, the Son of God with them, and they are, they're on fire. They're, they're excited about this new ministry that they've got. And, of course, the first thing is, it seems to be all of us as human beings, but I think in America even more so than anywhere, we tend to say, well, who's the best competitive to the end, right? Who's the best among us? Who's the best at preaching? Who's the best at this? So you can hear them have that conversation. And Jesus goes, no, you... You don't understand. Is the first among you will be the one who's the most humble. The first among you is the one who's the servant, the servant of all. Now that's very foreign to our ears as Americans. That's very hard for us to hear because we're all about getting on top. We're the first nation. We're the best nation. We're the best at this. We're the best at that. We're constantly lauding all those things. And even inside our community, we're the best at this or best at that. And not that that is bad in itself, but if we really believe it about ourselves, then we're fooling ourselves. Because Christian discipleship, according to Christ, is about humility and service. So, so how does that work out in our own lives. I mean, I'm not expecting you all to head off to Lourdes and take three weeks of training and, and spend a couple more weeks over there. But, but, but how can we look at... Jesus gives the example of a child, right? And so why did he give the example of a child? He gives the example of a child because the child was considered the most vulnerable. The child is completely dependent, right? The, the child cannot, cannot take care of themselves. They're completely dependent on their parents, for safety, for home, for food, for everything. 
So he takes this as an example and says, look, this, how you treat one of these is how you treat me. How you treat one of them is how you will come to know the Father. And so who is the, the child among us? Maybe it is our children themselves, and, and you take care of them. Parents who care for your children, know that you're doing the work of the Lord. Know that the work you do and the kindness and the love you give to your child or your grandchild is your discipleship. So do it with joy and do it with great excitement. Know that you are living out the gospel. That is your commandment. That is your work. And for those of us who don't have children, maybe, maybe we have to find another way. Maybe the children here need to look at the elderly and say that they need to treat them with kindness and gentleness because they too are vulnerable. They too are dependent. So yes, the children and the elderly, but also there are those who are, who are broken by homelessness or, or joblessness, or, or now we have a whole cadre of, of immigrants and now refugees who are coming. Our hearts must be opened to them and be moved by their, by their state. And to know that when we do that work, we are working out our discipleship. That is our deception. But it must come out of service, which must come out of humility, which must come out of love and charity. So today, as we, we come to the table, receive the strength from the Lord and, and, and from each other, we come to do so to serve outside, to be the servant of all, our children, our elderly, homeless, the broken, the immigrant, the refugee. Today we come to be the servant of all.